Okay, so um, we had about 45 minutes to an hour of recording from the road as we were driving. And then I discovered that the portable recorder that we're using, you have to hit record twice. Because if you just hit it once, it just flashes a red light at you and makes you think you're recording. Yep. Yeah. So um, this would have been a a whole episode, but uh, instead uh, it's going to be a cold open. Yep. Yep. Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Undergrowth Network, Warhammer 40k podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. And Richard. And we are joined today by a special guest. Jason Horn from the Iron Halo. Now, you may be thinking, wait a minute, you already did your Iron Halo episode a couple months ago. Uh, why are you talking about it again? We're not talking about the Iron Halo because we're not in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. We're in Plymouth, Minnesota because we just finished up three days at the Renegade Open. And Jason was here because you are streaming, or were, it, were <laughs> you were streaming uh, the GT. That's correct. It was uh, th- uh, two days of lots of mayhem, madness, <laughs> and uh, some cuss words, but uh, we all survived, and uh, now these games are on permanent record for the internet to digest and criticize all the players who are just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the players are just kidding? No. <laughs> well, it's the internet, so that's going to happen anyway, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> Don't feed the trolls. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, we're here to basically talk about our weekends at yep. which uh spoiler we, none of us actually played in the GT. This yep. is a, a first for us where we decided to kind of put our money where our mouth is and play in the more casual, less yep. competitive events. Uh because we've said we're big supporters of uh you know, of having casual slash friendly mm-hmm. environments and at, at events, so we figured we should help kind of promote that since uh well, I'll just get to news and new releases. And our big news, uh, so we're going to talk news and new releases, and then we'll get into the, the meat of talking yep. about the convention. So, so first, our news is that registration is open for Midwest Conquest. Yep. So that opened up November 7th. And uh, now, in the past, I would say registration is opened up for the Midwest Conquest GT. Well, that yep. is true. Registration is open for our grand tournament. But we've also added two new and two new games to that. So besides the Grand Tournament, which is going to be focused on competitive play. Yep. And in fact, we're going to be using ITC Champs missions. It's a little bit of a break from past years where we've run Renegade missions. But yep. uh, this year, we, after playing the ITC missions quite a bit, uh, we've kind of found that they've borrowed, they've actually borrowed enough ideas from the Renegade open format that uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds and it's a format everyone's familiar yep. with. So somebody can come from one event and, you know, from, take and the armies that they've yeah. used and just be right in, in with it. And also takes that, that factor of somebody knowing a local or specialized format yeah. more you know, than other players takes yeah. that out, out of the equation. Uh, we still love our renegade friends. Don't get, yeah. don't get yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we still fact, love the renegade format. Up yeah. Their form, their format this year was very different from past formats. Yep. So on that event, we're going to be running it over two days as normal. Yeah, uh, it's going to be three hour rounds, five rounds um, for the event. Um, and the reason why we're doing five rounds is because we're actually going 
to cut down the number of spaces. And it's only going to be – it's going to be limited to 48 people. So, I think we, we've got a little bit of wiggle room yeah. to like 54 yeah. maybe. But 48 is where we're starting. It's kind of where we're starting. And you know, last year we had over 70 people in the GT. So obviously the reason why we're cutting it back is we're putting in some other events. So the next big event we're doing is a two-day friendly event. Right. Um, this event's going to be on the same schedule as yep. the GT. So three-hour rounds. It's going to start, and the rounds are going to start and end at the exact same time. Yep. So there's one timer in the room. Everybody can watch that. Yep. It applies to both set types of games. The difference is uh, the friendly is going to be played first of all at PL rather than points. Yes. It's going to be a hundred PL event. It's going to be using Maelstrom Book Missions. Yes. And if you've listened to our LVO coverage from earlier this year... It's blatantly stolen from that. Blatantly <laughs> stolen from that. Uh, so basically, you will come into the game with your opponent. You will open, crack open the book to where it says yep. how to generate Maelstrom Missions. You'll roll up your mission. You'll roll up your deployment. You'll be using your Maelstrom decks. However, one slight yep. tweak... Uh, you're going to cut down your deck, I think we figured by to 24 cards yep. rather than 36. So you can pull out some of those missions like, I'm playing Tau. I don't want to met, to get the mission where I generate a psychic power. Or the, or the one where I have to kill a unit in assault. Right. You know, so you can pull those things out and kind of tailor your objective deck to how your army's gonna play. And the reason why we put that in there is tailing your army and how it's gonna play is also a part of your score. So you're, the the scores are going to basically be divided up into three categories. Your battle score is going to be a third of your overall score. So if you go out and you win all five of your games, that's great. That's a third of your score. A third of your score as well is going to be army theme. So what the story of your army is. And that includes like how it ties together, how well it's painted, display boards, um, put a thing up like I encourage someone to bring like a little bit of fluff description like yeah. why is this army here why are you you know why is why are these people fighting together why are they here what's the, what's the story of this army um, you know chaos lord whatever that I came up with you know, got a warband and this is why they're here and like explain it so it's not just putting together like a netlist to but, win uh, but one theme might also be uh based on just like what units you pick like uh, yeah. our friend nathan damp who was on our last episode or on our dark angels episode he won best theme at the lvo friendly and his theme was tyranids coming from every direction burrowing flying running across outflanking so the theme and theme could just be having interesting unit yeah. choices yeah exactly so yeah it doesn't have to be based on uh Fluff. If you don't yeah, feel comfortable yeah. writing a small fiction, but it's to encourage people to bring different things and to to bring a unified force, right? And there, and that score is going to be judged by your opponents. Yes. So that is going to be one hundred percent. There's a little score. bit of yeah. I think at, at LVO they had like a little bit of judge. Well, like tiebreaker, like they yeah. broke as a tiebreaker, but like that's player judged. And then the final third is going to be like your paint hobby presentation. Right. So like how well you've painted your display board, stuff like that. And then that'll be judged by the TOs. Right. So you've got three tiers of how you're going to score. And one of it you control because it's your, it's your win loss record. One of it is your, your opponents getting to decide. And then one of it's the TO. And hopefully that'll encourage people to focus on different areas of the hobby. Work, you know, work on the painting, just show off the painting and the hobby aspect. If you're someone who paints really well but doesn't really want to play competitively, you can come and play your army here. If you have, us also, why we're playing it at PL, if you have those uh, units that 
are under, you know, overcosted or whatever, and you don't want to bring them, but they have, you know, you can bring them in the PL, work them into your store of your army, and still get points for it, and still work towards the top prize. Or, or, and also not have like if your theme is built around particular kinds of war gear, like mm-hmm. I'm going to build an all grav cannon army. Yeah, but but you know. You don't have to worry. Yeah, about, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not. Again, the, the whole point is like I'm going to build a or I'm going to build an all melt army. My army yeah. is all about I hate armor. I'm going to destroy yeah. all the armor. Salamanders. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to do all melt and flamer. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm salamanders. I'm sisters. Whatever. So yeah. Yeah, uh, it's. But I don't necessarily want to worry about the fidgety bits of oh crap. I don't have enough points to fit in all the war gear. Yeah. Take what you want. Build what you want. Pick the units you want. Build the war gear you want. So, yeah, the idea is build the kind of army you want to play. Yep. And and, and again, that's what's going to differentiate. Like competitive play, battle points only. It's win loss mm-hmm. battle points. That's what matters. Yes. Uh, there there will be like a best painted. Yeah. But it's not going to be part of your score. It's not going to determine yeah. how you mm-hmm. the friendly how you, all three of it's important. Yes. So we, we wanted to have have an event for that, and everything we have found in the past has backed up the idea that players want to have that option. Yes. And judging from the turnout at the friendly today, you know, today here at the Renegade Open and judging from the fact that we already have people who have signed up yep. for our friendly even though registration just opened like a week, a week or two ago. ago. Yeah. And we haven't really pushed it yet. Yeah, so this there's this and this uh, event is available yeah for for you and there will be 28 sp- slots for that event yeah we're so and yeah. again a little bit of room to wiggle you know wiggle room with the, how the numbers go but yeah so that's kind of why we're splitting the t- the main event into those two and then we have the other event yeah. and and we also think that's good so the competitive players don't have to you don't get that game first round where somebody clubs a baby seal maxes out points and kind of slingshots up a bit yeah. But at the same time, you don't have the player who's really just there to have a good time or is relatively new to the game yep. and gets beaten down by somebody who's super good. Not because that person's being a jerk, it's just they happen to be like a top-ranked player. Well, and in a competitive environment, you have to win your games and score as many points as possible. Like that's right. the, the format encourages that. So yeah. this will hopefully this will hopefully create events for both types of players. Yeah, and if you and for the third type of player. Uh, if you are more interested in a narrative style event, uh, David Komen, who painted up the Perfurian Knight for the uh, Iron Halo GT, is coming up to run a uh, Horse Heresy event from his Taking of Fraxis campaign. Oh, you guys are in for an amazing treat. Yeah, I've seen yeah. photos from uh, one at on the rocks. Yeah, it's 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 David. Number one is one of the uh, one of the best TOs that I've worked with. Uh, just. In, in the hobby in general and when he says he's committed to doing a horse heresy 30k event at your event uh, he's going to go full throttle yep. yeah. which means he's bringing his own terrain yes. that yeah. he has made himself and, he, and, yet, and we've seen his terrain at a yep. number of events and it is fantastic it lights up, it moves <laughs> I mean it's uh, the 30k players that will attend uh, which we have several signed up already yeah. are, are in for one amazing ride yeah, so That's we are ex- we're excited to have <laughs> yes. this as an option yes. as well. So, I would be excited to. So if you are a casual player, the friendly. If you're a narrative player, Horus Heresy. If you are a hardcore competitive player, we're going to have a competitive event for you. And then on top of that, we've got our Night Joust, like yep. we've had every year. Uh, that's going to be on Friday night. And then this year, we've also swapped out Combat Patrol for Kill Team. Yep. So Friday night, Kill Team and Night Joust. We'll have both of those available. So smaller events, more fun events. And yeah, we're gonna have a whole weekend of 40k planned. Yeah, 
So we're excited for that. So to register for that, it's uh, go to MidwestConquest.com. We've got registrations for the three main events there, uh, the, the Kill Team and uh, Night Joust. You just have to buy tickets for. Yep. You can buy all your tickets at UndercondGaming.com. Yep. That's where you'll buy your your weekend badge or your one day badge if you're just doing. I'm just doing Kill Team. Yep. Buy Friday badge. Show up. Pay. Uh, buy. I think it's ten dollars for the badge. Ten dollars for the Kill Team event. Yep. Uh, so you can get in for twenty, uh, or you can do the whole weekend. Uh, but yeah, all that's there. Uh, badges are twenty dollars for the weekend. That yep. will that price is consistent until the event itself. Uh, if you are, but your event tickets, the horse heresy one is fixed at thirty, yep. but there's a swag bag included with every at, for every attendee. If you are one of the first ten, which those spots are disappearing fast, yeah, uh, there's going to be something special in your swag bag. There will also be something special in your swag bag if you sign up by January first. And David uh, does an amazing job with the swag bags. Yeah, so you you won't yes, you won't want you, the, you want it. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. And then for the friendly and the uh, GT, those tickets are, those event tickets are $20 right now. They're going to go up to 30 by the first, at the first of the year. They'll go up to 40 on May 1st. Yep. So basically, it is in your best interest to get your tickets now and lock in those lower prices. So, so uh, I, I, my jaw is on the floor right now. So, how much if you wanted to play? In the competitive 40k, or the friendly, or the friendly, it's forty bucks, forty dollars right now. With with your con badge, con badge, and your event ticket, correct? Yes. Wow, why why am I not signed up? I don't don't know. know. Why Why aren't aren't you? I think you asked me to stream. Yeah. That's, well, and we're, we're, we're working on that yeah, okay, as well, trying okay, to get streaming enough. going. Yeah. Yeah. Our um, main issue on streaming in the past has been internet connectivity in that sure, room. Sure. Uh, we are looking at seeing if there's a way we can get like a hard yep. cable drop that yep. we can and, then like put a hotspot on or something. You know. And the other thing too is like, you know, it's also still part of Undercon and part of Conquest. So if you show up to the event and you have, you know, significant other or other people that come with you that don't play 40K, you can buy your $20 badge for the weekend. There's board games. There's role-playing games. There's X-Wing. There's going to be all sorts of good other gaming going on at the convention as well. So yeah. you can definitely make a weekend of it. It is Memorial Day weekend. Um, I had it. So it is Memorial Day weekend, May 24th through 26th. Yep. So and also was last we're located yeah, located the the Sheraton Crown Center, which yep. is real close to just across the Skyway from Crown Center Shopping Center. So yep. there's plenty of shopping in the area. There's Legoland and the Sea Sea Life Aquarium within walking distance if you want to uh there's a lot of really good barbecue places. There's, there's some fantastic short, barbecue yeah, places short in short distance. distance. Uh, there's the uh, Casey Streetcar if you want to go down to the River Market area, yep. which uh, there's also a game store, Level 1 Game Store, which they are – They've got a an active uh, kill team mm-hmm. grouping now, so they're they're growing. Uh, but there there's plenty of stuff with an easy transit. Uh, Union Station is just down the the skyway a bit, so there's uh, an IMAX movie theater there, and they've got all sort. The Science City is there, yeah. so there's lots of stuff to do right within like within a mile of uh, of the event. So yeah. so f- plenty of stuff for your family. Uh, plenty of stuff to do, to do afterwards. Uh, we're going to try to finish up each day by like seven o'clock, so you'll have plenty of time to go out for dinner. I'm looking forward to our fourth Midwest mm, Conquest. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Other news and new releases. This is one fun one to get to talk about because yes. Blackstone Fortress is up for uh, pre-order right now. Uh, it ships, I think, Thanksgiving weekend, like Black yeah, Friday. It is should when it, be, is yeah. when it hits stores. Um, or I guess it would be oh, that's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. But uh, we had a chance to get an advanced copy and play it. And it is it's lots of fun. It is a ton of fun. We actually got to uh, play with uh, one of our friends from the uh, Flying Monkey GT, Troy Graber. Uh, he sat in as our fourth explorer. Yeah. Uh, first of all, as everyone hit Facebook page, we've we, been posting uh, pictures. Yeah, yeah, we've been posting pictures of it. the models are absolutely beautiful. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, th- it's worth it for the models because the models are amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's 150 bucks. You get a sweet. Uh, Chaos Lord, a couple of uh, the new style, like more Baroque, yeah. uh, Chaos, you know, like Chaos Elite Space Marines, a uh, bunch of Trader Guardsmen, which yeah, I hope they do a Lost Guardsmen. in the Damned book. Mm. <laughs> because uh, Trader Guardsmen and Chaos Beastmen in 40k yeah. as well. Rogue Psychers. Yeah, the uh, Rogue Psychers. The Rogue Psychers look better than the ones from Forge World. Yeah, I mean, they, they look, look fantastic. Really uh, so you guys can see a lot of proxies. From these, oh, absolutely! These models, using these it, models, it, this $150. It, even if you had no interest in playing Blackstone Fortress, which we'll get to in a second, because the yeah. game itself is really fun. Even if you had zero interest in playing it, it's worth it to buy the models, buy it for the models, because yeah, you get. I don't know exactly how many Trader Guardsmen. It's like 14 Trader Guards, 14 something like that. Like it's it's a good amount of Trader Guardsmen. Couple Marines, couple characters, deets for 40k on the Imperium side. There, well, and I say on the Imperium side. There, so there's a rogue <laughs> trader. rogue traders, right? Yeah, yeah. so there's right. a rogue so trader. Maybe good, maybe bad. Well, yeah. so, okay. Yeah. So there's a rogue trader. There's a Ministorm priest who has. Like, sweet looking. With it. Yeah. Wh- who else? He has a servo stubber. It's a little skull with a stubber <laughs> gun that floats next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh, Ministorm zealot who has a sweet heavy flamer chainsword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It Mind is, blown. Yeah. It's baller in the game. There's a uh, a named uh, Eldar Ranger. Okay. There's Screw a, Eldar. What? I hate I hate Eldar. It's a really cool Sorry, Ranger kidding. model, yeah. though. Uh, there's a Croot Mercenary Tracker. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, there's uh, a pair of Ratlings. There's a pair of Ratlings. What? There's yes. Rat- yeah. Sold. Yeah, it's sold. There's ratlings. And there's a, a robot. An Imperial there's robot. robot. And there's also the Navigator. Oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. an, an Imperial Navigator who has a sweet, like, head, like Aquila head helmet that he's wearing. Yes. The models are so great. Yeah. No, it's... So just just for that alone, just to get because yeah. like you figure each of these character models would be like twenty five thirty yeah. bucks. Because like own. again, like we, the road trader, you know, you could potentially use them as for an inquisitor or something right. like that. You could use them. The Minister and priest, the crew, the the Eldari, and immediately just and, drop. And they have going, data sheets, you know. so you could drop yeah. them into existing characters. Yes, forty k. Yeah, and even if you didn't want to use them as a character, like you the, just drop like them. The in, crew, like here's a sergeant. The crew is like model. is a is like he has like Tau Empire crew like faction keywords. And is like twenty points as an elite slot. So you just take him as a lazy. Yeah, slot. yeah. So Stephen Hetmeyer, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, Stephen loved Tau. But yeah, so so like all the characters can be dropped in. It's we, oh, so cool. Although so a couple of pictures right now, a couple of them casting, would a match play because like the robot is like Imperium and like uh, Astro Robotica or something like Speed, that. Yeah. Yeah. Or Adeptus Roboticus or something like that. So there's no faction that that would work for Battle Brothers rule. But yeah, for narrative play, these all definitely work. But like half of them are playable right now yeah. in existing factions. Um, and then they actually like if you take the like all the chaos side, you can make a passable patrol detachment 
yeah. out of all of it. Because there's like one HQ or because the uh, the rogue psychers, I can't remember if they're elites or HQs. I I don't have the rules in front of me. So yeah, I don't know, we, but yeah, yeah, we've got our box in our back in the hotel room. But but anyway, so all the stuff is is available for use in 40k. Yeah. And even without that, like with the, the trader guardsmen, also make really nice cultists. Yeah. So you can proxy them. You can use those other things. Like there's plastic Urgul in here if you play Tarkildar. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of really great models available just in the model perspective. Yeah. The gameplay itself is also really, really fun. Yeah, which it's basically it is a it's a Warhammer Quest game. Yeah. So if you've played Silver Tower or Shadows Under Hammer Shadows Over Hammer Hall, yeah, I think they're basically the it's a very similar gameplay. This one's hex based. I think the others are square based mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you basically you have a a deck that you build of encounter cards. And those encounter cards may be challenges, whether they're, they're puzzles you have to solve or single combats you have to resolve or just events that occur. Yeah. Or they're combats which will show you, here's the map you're playing in. Here, So build the map out of all these tile pieces, which the first time you do that, it's a little dis- – because yeah. you're trying to figure out which piece – because all the pieces are also double-sided. So it's it's a, it's like building a puzzle. Yeah, and they show you the the layout, but they don't really show you like which individual pieces mm-hmm. make it up. So you have so to just recognize them by the art. Of, yeah, it's – all the individual pieces are actually outlined like in yellow. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. In the, little, in the little diagram, but then there's also like white – Lines that are yeah. on the hexes that are thicker that are like the yellow lines, but just denote that there's cover. So yeah. it's a little, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so that it takes a little bit. Yeah. By the time we had done our fourth combat, we were pretty, we were good, pretty good at it. it. Yeah. So so yeah. After after about a game of it, you'll get the feel for it and you'll be able to put them together. But uh, yeah, so you'll set up the map. You'll set up where the enemy spawn points are. You deal out what the who's going to spawn at each spawn point. Your team is like in an is in a, like a maglev elevator, so you have an entry point into the map, and you have to fight your way through the map to get, get to the exit to get to one of the exits. Summon the elevator again to get to the next level. Sounds like uh, movie Aliens, kind of. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's awesome. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole like the combat system. It's all built around. You have dice that, for activating your actions on your card. You and like so you roll d sixes, and some of your actions may take a one plus to activate. Some of them may take a two plus, four plus, five plus, six plus. You have to have yeah. that number of die available to, be to spend. And, and sometimes it'll vary. Like you'll get, you have to spend a one plus to just use this basic action. But if you use like a four plus or a six plus, you get yeah. like added benefits. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of kind of neat, and then there are also destiny dice, right. which are shared between everybody, and so you kind of have to plan out. Yeah. And like so it's like out I have an action that, those. like, on a six up, I get to attack three times. I'm, you know, it's like, is it important for me? But I only rolled like one, two, four, five. Is it okay for me to use that six from the destiny pool? Yeah. Or is somebody else going to make better use out of it? Yeah. So these dice, the destiny dice, are rolled are, before the game. They're, they're rolled before, before each, each, each round of the encounter. Yeah. Um, so you have a pool out here of up to five dice because uh, there's some rules about that. But right. you have a pool of up to five dice that anybody can pull from, and you know, and the game's cooperative. You have to you know, try to survive. So there is that element of like working together to make things to like okay, That's which cool. of these pool, you know, 
How should we do this? What's and, the order? And I you also use have this? to keep in mind that like there's an initiative order, and yep. the initiative order is it's each like random is randomized. Yeah. So like what order you go in also matters. Also matters. And, and you and that also determines where the enemies go too. So like it can be like the solo encounter that I had early <laughs> in the game where yeah. it was just me versus three groups of enemies and most of the time they all went before I did. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and but, also as you take wounds, okay, so you've got a spot on your character sheet that where you put your activation dice. Well, as you take wounds, you put wound tokens in those spots instead. So as you get wounded, yeah, you get fewer get rid of those action dice. Yeah. And I was playing I was playing the robot, so I only get 3 <laughs> activation dice whereas everybody pretty much everybody else gets 4. And he took two wounds. And I took two wounds. <laughs> but the good news is he didn't have to share the destiny pile with anyone. Yeah, so, so he, he had dice he could use each turn. Right. That's but awesome. if he ever took that last wound, he's out of action. Right. Yeah. Although the robot is really dur- is like the most durable of the yeah, game. He's very tanky. He, and you do have ability die that you use for like shooting, um, your attacks, defense, things like that. And it's... If anybody's ever played like the Edge of the Empire Star Wars Fantasy Flight game or like the Marvel Heroic Roleplay game, there's as you get better, you get a bigger die. So the worst unit is like a D6, D8, D12, and they have more hits and you know more hits, more crits on it. So when you go to make when you go to roll a die, it, it's a special die that has blanks, one success or two. Yeah, and you know they're randomly distributed depending on which die it is. So you got to make a test. A blank is nothing. A symbol is a success, and then two symbols is a crit, and you know a critical success, depending on what that is. And then there's everything bounced off that. But it's interesting because as you get better, and like I said, as you either activate a higher activation die, you get better attacks or more attacks, or as you get inspired, you flip over and you become super badass and get like better for everything as well. Yeah. Nice. So like there's there's a lot of the there's a lot of things in play, which is very interesting. That's really cool. So you can actually get inspired. Yeah. Yes. So okay. So perfect example. I was playing the Minstorm Zealot with the the chainsaw flamethrower, who is broken. Who probably. is is possibly <laughs> broken. She's probably well broken. because she has an ability. She's got a flamer. So there's cover in the game. Yeah. And so uh, Richard mentioned the white lines that devote cover. Right. Well, if there's a white line, even just the tip of one between you and your target. They get cover, which reduces the number of counter, the number of symbols on a die by one. So you can't crit with it, and regulars just become failures. Yeah. Her weapons ignore cover. Mm-hmm. And because it's a flamer, instead of doing a template or anything like that, there can be up to like three 25 mil base enemies in a single hex. Her attacks hit everybody in the hex, so you roll damage against each of them. Mm-hmm. So that's her basic flamer. Her then she has an ability called Cleansing Flame, which she can only activate with an activation die of six up. But she activates it, takes two of those d12s, and hits everybody in the hex. She ha- her inspiration is if she kills three enemies in a single hex with her Cleansing Flame, she's inspired. She flips over. All her attacks now trigger off of lower numbers on her activation die, yeah. and all the damage is higher. That's broken. Yeah, she and she's fast too. Her her downside is that she is very weak. Like her defense she's made is fast. Tissue paper. Now yeah. we never ran into the situation because she killed everything. In <laughs> but if you ever were in a situation where you rolled poorly or didn't clean them out and got a bad initiative, then she could have been toast. 
my character, I was playing the rogue trader. My character basically can manipulate the initiative order. So we made uh, sure that it never happened that way. <laughs> yeah. Smart. So, so yeah, but well, we it's that kind it. of, it it's that kind of, it's that kind of cooperative gameplay. Yeah. And which of the eight explorers you, you each pick, cause only four, you're only going to ever use four. Yeah. So if you have one player, cause you can play the solitaire. If you have one player, you're playing all four explorers. If you are, have two, you each have two. If you have three explorers, or if you have three players, you pick a fourth explorer and the leader of the expedition, which changes every like, exploration round, gets it. So basically control of that character gets passed around. If you have four, you each get one. And if you have five, you each get one except for the fifth player who is now playing all the hostiles in combat. Yeah. Oh, because sounds like my role. Because yeah. normally, yeah, basically they become kind of like the GM. Yeah. But the, the trade-off is, well, what do I do if I don't have the fifth player? Well, every uh, enemy data sheet on the backside has a list of, okay, so how far away are they from an enemy? Are they visible? Are they in cover? Things like that. Then you look on the chart and you roll a d20. It tells you what action they're going to take yeah. when they activate. So they're all on AI, basically. Was it pretty easy to manage? Oh, yeah. yeah it actually was. Yeah, once you, once you, like I said, the first, it was actually good that the first combat we did was your standalone one because yeah. it let us work through a lot of the basics with yeah. a smaller with a smaller model well, count yeah. yeah and kind of get used to the rules yeah but once you get the hang of it it goes pretty quickly and then so that's like you do this expedition you clear out enemies you search their spawn points for discovery cards which could be ancient archaea tech or clues to where how to get to the next layer of the Blackstone Fortress because eventually you want to get past four enemy strongholds which are separate special adventures that are built in and once you get past all four of those there's a hidden vault card in a secret envelope in the box you're not supposed to open that until you've played through oh, the whole that's campaign really cool. and there's a whole like we just did a one off yeah. adventure uh, but there's an entire syst- campaign system built into this where there's a space station you go back to. You can trade in the Archaeotech you get for war gear that you keep with your character. Yeah. They give you special, like, marked bags that are stasis chambers for keeping your characters between adventures. So you keep your character, what cards they, they've collected, and you can go from level, level, and there's a smaller envelope for keeping track of what stuff has been added as the as the, yeah. you delve deeper into the fortress, you know, the legacy system. So, uh, like, one of them might be, okay, now, like, when you start off the game, the encounter deck is just Trader Guardsmen, Urghuls, uh, Spindle, Spindle Drones, drones and uh, Negavolt Cultists, which are basically yeah. like Dark Mechanicus <laughs> tech priests. Uh you take those that that's your encounter deck so those are the only enemies that will come up when you mm-hmm. play your first game then if one of the legacy cards might be okay add chaos beastmen to the deck yeah. now chaos beastmen <laughs> might show up yeah or or maybe add uh, add the chaos space marines to the list oh my gosh yeah. and, and some of them ramps are, up yeah, yeah. So that's, that's and, and we're we're glossing over just some oh, of the yeah. components i mean there's a lot to get into so, this game so, uh, so based on your experience, how long would it take to play an entire campaign? So A whole it, campaign? Okay, so a, mm-hmm. a single exploration. So yeah. going into the Blackstone Fortress, going through all eight encounters that you've that you've dealt up, probably about two to three hours. Yeah. Okay. And then 
depending on how the adventure goes, because one of the things you have to do is you have to collect clues, because then you trade in clues to go to that, that one of those enemy strongholds. You may not collect enough clues. We almost yeah. didn't in our game. Yeah. Like, we did, got yeah. our last clue in the last dungeon. Yeah. So, you, you may be lucky, you may not. You know, so, like, you may fail in your expedition, but you go back to the space, spaceport, you heal up, you get some gear, go back again. Yeah. But let's say you get, you get your four clues every time. There's four strongholds. So you're going to have to do adventure, strong, like, exploration, stronghold, exploration, stronghold. Exploit so at least okay. eight of those. Eight of those, yeah. So you could easily get like 25, 30 hours. Yeah. Wow. And then characters can die in the campaign, which means then you can't use that character yeah. ever again. You have to switch to another one. Yeah. Who starts with like no war gear and stuff like that. So there's a there's a lot in here. And this this doesn't even account account for the fact that there may be uh, expand like they've expanded yeah. the, the Warhammer Quest games with like a couple having times, other yeah. characters that can be brought in from like Age of Sigmar and stuff like that. So there's every possibility they might bring characters uh, like other named characters into the game. Wow! So yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. There, the game has a lot of depth, but they even say like once you finish the campaign, or maybe you just want to do one off games, figure out what the difficulty you want to run it is. So it's like four clues and eight points of archaeotech, mm-hmm. which is what we ran. So you have to have that much by the end of the game, or you or you failed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's a it's a fun game. If you've ever played, like I said, any of the legacy games, like the Legacy Risk, Legacy Pandemic, it's got that element to it. But it's, it's not a, done with stickers, yeah. So, so it's long, you don't ruin the replayability of it. So you're not having to buy a hundred fifty dollar game every time, right? Um, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, which is which is nice. That's really really good. Um, now the models are great. The game's fun. Like, I, yeah, I. Also, again, uh, I, I think I mentioned this way back when when I first like put together Shadespire. Yeah, I think actually we we put together Shadespire and played it at like in our hotel room at Iron Halo like <laughs> a couple of years ago. But uh, GW has been put puts extra plastic bags for all the components in the game in their box like their box games like this. So every you have you literally have everything you need in the box. Oh, nice. Other than like clippers, because all the models are also push fit. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a nice thing. It's all push fit. All those models are showing you. Yeah, push fit. You don't have to glue them. They actually all but like one of them fit snugly enough that I would feel comfortable not gluing them. Oh wow! Like it's, it's they're insane. all really well it's made. Insane. They look really beautiful. They're yeah. getting so much better. Like they're getting so good at plastic modeling and it's, yeah. Ridiculous. So let me ask you this: Is this something you'd feel comfortable playing with uh, your wives or girlfriends? Oh, in fact, like I showed it to my wife, and she's like, "You know, I, let me see how that. Let me watch how that's played." And there's a whole like hour, hour and a half long how to play video okay. that like they did with Becca Scott, Becca Scott, and Chris Peach and Duncan Rhodes on, on how to play the game, which takes you through an adventure. And I think they bug out near the end because they're almost like wiped out. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, she's like. No, this actually looks fun. I would actually play this. Well, so peek behind the curtain. One of the things we normally do when we get these type of things, like we review it, play it, like that, and then some, t- some of that stuff gets put into like Midwest Conquest. Some of that stuff goes towards building armies that we do for the raffles. And I was like, we could build this and paint it off, you know, paint it up for a raffle and, and give the box game away at the raffle. And everyone, and like Rob's like, no, I, I think I want to. We want to keep playing it, <laughs> so it's like. So I don't think we're gonna get it for the raffle. I think yeah. it's like. No, know. no, it's 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 good though. I, I, so, so what I what I actually hear is, uh, 
you guys are going to do another off the wall uh, uh, preferred enemies episode where it's just not, going to be nothing but Blackstone Fortress. Is that, is that what I hear? <laughs> Maybe. The, Rob's like, no. It was <laughs> the let's play of Blackstone, let's play of Blackstone Fortress. <laughs> An entire oh. campaign, right? All <laughs> yeah. 40 hours. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you did want to get in video editing. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong, but oh. <laughs> Do you want to Twitch stream it for us? No. Uh, <laughs> I can probably do <laughs> can you, can you Yeah, we'll We can figure out the Skype. Oh, there, there, there'd be a way to <laughs> yeah. do it, but... No, but anyway, that, it's it's a lot of Less fun. Talk. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun if you're at all interested in yeah. either board like a 40k board game. You know, not not a board game the way that like Necromunda in the box is a board yeah. game, but an actual like board adventure exploration yeah. game. Mm-hmm. It's a really good choice, and if you just want some sweet ass models, it's really good too. Yeah, it's really it's worth. Yeah, to- it's I would say it's totally worth the, the box price. So. Um, from there, we don't have any listener mail. We'll have we'll have that yeah. bat feature back in our next episode. But we'll just go ahead and switch over to our experiences at the uh, at the Renegade Open. So Friday, Kevin and I played in the team tournament. Yes. Uh, so uh, this one was kind of kind of fun just because it's well for one thing with you being in Arizona, we don't get to play side by side often at right. all anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, it's a little hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to bring to – because basically the format was you each bring a 1,000 points. Um, it could be any – like so, it was two detachments. Two detachment lim- limit. And um, uh, two of any given data sheet. Two of uh, – yeah, yeah. So it's like – there was some like restrictions on it, and then you got extra points if you both brought Battle Brothers. Well, it's so, like because you basically considered both of your armies yeah. to be um, one army, and if you happen to satisfy the Battle Brothers rule, you, that's when you got your plus three. But that's when you counted yeah. as you didn't count as Battle Forged until unless you made a legal army team. But if we had wanted to, like you could have brought Tau, and I could have brought Custodes, and we could have played. In fact, one of our like yeah. our uh, second round opponent was uh, Death Guard and. One player was just Death Guard, and the other player was Imperial Guard and Knights. Yeah. So, like, you could bring whatever you wanted for your team, but, you know, it, but you got extra stuff if you brought a theme team. And then part of it as well was, like, there was there was some scoring for, like, Team Spirit and stuff like that as well, which is right. kind of neat. Question. Was there a Chaos Space Marine and Dark Angels combo? Because, I mean, that's like Battle Brothers in itself, right? <laughs> I, you're not wrong. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but for us, uh, we had been talking about, like, Dark Angels, Alpha Legion. Like, we don't know I, which one's the traitors. <laughs> But we're like, we should do that extra. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, should we both bring Tau? Should we? Yeah. Should I bring my sisters and Kevin bring like Death Watch or something yeah. like that? But then we decided. I'm like, this is a perfect excuse to get the rest of my Death Guard painted up. So I built Death Guard and Kevin brought World Eaters. Yep. Which was a horrible mistake, and I wish we hadn't done. It. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, look, I have fun playing World Eaters. It, I really do. It is, and I. I and playing a, a, a full chaos army is is fun, fluffy, yeah. and, and, and good, and not very competitive at all. No, uh, we got face stomped multiple times. Um, <laughs> in fact, the only game we won was against the Ringers, which yeah. were uh, Chris Merstet and Jason Lippert from Adepticon. I heard about that, and, and they, they, and they, and they even, were holding back, and they even <laughs> kind of said they're like, well, they even said at one point, Jason's like. 
according to the missions you guys have picked, this unit needs to survive. So I would normally put them in the rhino and they'd go backwards. But what I will do is I will split the difference. I will put them in the rhino. Or no, you didn't I'll, put them in the rhino. I'll oh, just no, have them run I will back not, on. Yeah, I put them in the rhino and run backwards. But what I will do is I will split the difference. I will keep them out of the rhino and I will move them forward as if like with the rest of the army. <laughs> <laughs> we still only barely won, but still. <laughs> well, it was they were all fun games. Though. They were all oh, super yeah. fun. Even games. even the first game where our opponent like one of our, our opponents were it was uh Ally Talk. Yeah, it was it was uh It was Ally Talk. It was Nick Eldar, and James. It was it was Ally Talk uh Eldar, Eldar and, and Katachin Katachin slash Cadian Guard. And the guard had six basilisks. Two batteries yeah. and three. Well, and the, so the other thing is that's the only thing we got. T- we got tabled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the other thing that's interesting is were there shining spears? Yes. yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what wipes out shining spears? Uh, like a partially full unit of berserkers will just chew through them when they get into combat. Yes. It'll kill a unit and a half before they get there. But <laughs> so what's interesting is. Uh, the way that the missions were set up, there was attacker defender. Huh? So there was like interesting deployment zones where like the attackers were like in the corners and the defenders in the middle. And so there was really cool stuff with the mission design that I actually really like. Um, so it kind of encouraged you to get out and do stuff. But uh, yeah, like in that one, they, they were able to play, they played the attackers and the basilisk just kind of cornered up here in, in a corner. And it's like, well, that's the perfect spot to put them. Yeah. You know, so we have to run through the fire to get there. Yeah. So- uh, and corn can't. World leaders can't survive that. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we. So Rob plays us the game by himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not wrong. Uh, so, yeah, the first turn we sent up, because we actually got first on that one. Yeah. We rushed up uh, a Mauler Fiend and a Juggernaut Lord on uh, from Kevin and my Demon Prince, like pushing up, like set next turn, we were going to be in, in the guard deployment zone. Um, Demon Prince made it. Demon Prince made it with one wound remaining. Yeah. Once he got up there, all the infantry died. <laughs> he slaughtered all of them. But then the uh, and even he even pushed into the basilisks. But he had left himself enough room to kind of start yeah. pulling the the parking lot away so they could shoot at him again. Because basilisks don't, unlike my uh, plague burst crawlers. Basilisks don't have a minimum range. That's yeah. exactly right. So you take uh, you take six basilisk cannons to the face at close range, which is interesting because last edition they did have a minimum range. I would was like weird. to see that back. That I think be nice. I think that would be good. Yeah, <laughs> but but again, still a fun game. Yeah, it was had great, a great time. Yeah. Uh, even getting face stomped. Yeah. Uh, I said that my berserkers got to chew through like two full units of uh, shining spears before <laughs> two they full units yeah no because because yeah like so he had two because he, he had spent two, command points to do the third I, yeah, attacks I had, so he had, he had the he had the shining spears up in the other corner and they I, I ran forward he came in because he, he tried close. to surround your round he tried to surround the rhino and yeah he tried to try he tried to surround the rhino and and where I couldn't get out didn't quite get there blew the rhino up. As a running theme of the, of the thing, I lost several berserkers when the rhino blew up. Of um, and, My then fault. They, and then, they, well, no, the, it happened multiple times. It wasn't just then. <laughs> um, blew that rhino up. Blew the other rhino up. Killed killed that first unit, and then like with assaults and stuff, and then but couldn't didn't get in the other one. So then I charged on my turn, and what was left of that unit was enough to kill both units mm. because I I charged, so I got the two attacks, and then the. Uh, uh, I spent the stratagem to go a third time and just and wipe that unit and then got shot off the board because I was standing out in the open. Yeah. But it was a fun game. It was a really fun game. Yeah. Uh, second match was against the uh, Death Guard Knights Guard. 
Yep. Um, that one we didn't get tabled, which was good. That was actually a much closer game. So we lost. Yeah. So we lost the first game fifty to nothing because the scoring was basically done in increments of ten. Yeah. So you had like primary mission, secondary mission, and solo blood. Yeah. So we we got tabled. So we lost fifty to nothing. We lost the second game forty to ten, but it actually was a lot closer than that. It just happened that you know when you get to the end of the game, they were able to grab yeah. the objectives and kind of get everything. But uh, that was the game that I realized that Poxwalkers with can get buffed up to do dam- a lot of damage to a knight. Yeah. <laughs> Poxwalkers plus Typhus plus Blades of Putrefaction plus Veterans of the Long, Long War. War. Wounding knights on fours. And you throw enough of those at something, they'll fail enough three-up saves. They start – like they lo- he lost like six or seven wounds from Poxwalkers. That's, yeah, That reminds me of uh, like sixth edition Necrons with Scarabs. Yeah. Yeah. Just or you like, just eat a night, just eat a night down, yeah. And then It'll take and a while, but we'll get it done. Near, yeah. And then with Typhus and being near there, and with all the various interlocking aura abilities they have, he started just hemorrhaging mortal wounds. Yeah. So like finally, the knight backed up, then decided to charge in again, and so he made the charge because he'd only backed up like a couple inches, yeah. and then but he only had one wound left, and he was within three inches of Typhus at the start of a fight phase because he was Typhus was my warlord, and he went. Ah! Fell over dead. <laughs> Did he bring the knight back up? No, he didn't. No. Yeah, lucky him. But uh, it was kind of funny because there was other things going on, like uh, you know, other fights and stuff with his with Death Guard and the the other stuff. Karn went over and, and like wiped out a unit of Plague Marines and did some stuff to a, a Demon Prince and then kind of was stuck out by himself because the Demon Prince like fell. The back. Demon Prince fell back and then there was it was kind of funny because there was this whole like like four or five minute long discussion like. We're gonna charge. What's the order? We're gonna charge. Is this gonna charge first? Because if this charges Karn first and then gets there and doesn't fail, Karn will kill him. But this can come in and finish him off. Because Karn only have yeah, one wound left. And the demon so they finally like two so left. they find yeah the demon prince is severely hurt. This unit only has a couple guys left. So they're like trying to figure out how to strategize this to like get how many inches they need. Like uh, three, like three. So it was as charges they could make. They were okay, trying okay. to figure out how to like what order it and what was going to go first and who had. Okay, well if I do this, he's going to target this guy. So if I do this, target them. So they go through and they do this. And like they figure their plan. Like all right, we're going to charge. All right, cool. Overwatch plasma pistol one. Okay, he rerolls once one. All right, cool. He's dead. <laughs> so Karn blew his head off in Overwatch <laughs> with his plasma pistol. He's like, no, no, my skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was funny in and of itself, but it happened to well, not to Karn. It happened to another character in the third game where he killed himself with a plasma pistol. <laughs> Overwatch. Yeah. Marnius Calgard charged my tally man. <laughs> tally man was like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Like screw it, I'm gonna overcharge my pistol because like Marnius was down to like two or three wounds. I'm yeah, like, I could have theoretically you probably could have killed him. So like, I'll overcharge one. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> didn't shrug so off the that's wounds. The, yeah, yeah. So. so that's apparently our go-to move. Is if we're gonna die, we just shoot ourselves. Nope, <laughs> not this guy. <laughs> and then the uh, yeah. So the third game was like I said against the guys from Adepticon. Uh, they were playing a, a ringer army of yeah. all ultramarines. <laughs> we won! Barely. Um, I actually remember Jason talking about that game and said he enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, no, really. we, we had fun in all their games. Uh, yeah. So it was also, so to celebrate the Orc Codex release, they were also doing a special mission objective for each one called the Gabo Point or whatever. And so it was like the first one was uh, have your warlord die. Be the first person on, be the the first person on your game to have your warlord die. Uh, the second one was have a unit be in combat for t- for a full game turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third and then the third one it was uh, 
Pick a unit. Pick a unit. That unit has to die. That unit has to die. Which is very easy for us because there's a lot of stuff in my army list that dies very easily. So my Jugger Lord got killed top of one in, in our, our bottom of one in our first game. Yep. Uh, a single berserker managed to last an entire round of combat. Against the Night Gallant. Multiple rounds with the Night Gallant. The Night because Gallant. After he, so he came in, he wiped the squad down to the one guy. I spent the two pins. Absolutely. And then the poxwalkers hit, and he started worrying about the poxwalkers and not the one guy, like, wailing on his ankle with a chain sword. <laughs> <laughs> so he just sat there. And we both had the points for it because the knight and the berserker were in, in that combat for, like, three rounds. Wow. So, and then in the last game, it was uh, one of my units of berserkers, I think. No, it was the rhino. It was the rhino. Oh, yeah, I picked my rhino because I'm like, they're going to pop their rhino. So, and they did. They popped it right away. Like, boom. Pfft. Hey, it blew up. Hey. So we maxed out our gobble points and I ended up actually getting... Uh, there was a there was a three way tie yeah. there was a three way tie for maxing out your gabo points. So like it's okay, so three teams are eligible for this. We kind of split down by painting score and who had the hardest time. Hey, so, we won! So we're gonna give it to Rob and Kevin. Here's your entry fees back, which is cool. It was worth it. That was fun. Yeah, drinks on Rob and Kevin. Yeah, yay! So so that was the team tournament. That that was a lot of fun. That was super fun. And then we went into the like immediately went into the night joust. Yep. And uh, all three of us participated in the night joust. Yeah. Uh, Kevin brought his Lord of Skulls again. Yeah, because I was defending champs. So I'm like, I got to bring it back. You know, I, I won it last year with the Lord of Skulls. Uh, I I brought my Night Crusader. Uh, Richard borrowed my Night Paladin. Yep. Uh, we got actually split up into separate teams. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin and Russell are on the team with Alex Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Which will be important here. Who was our guest last episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two questions. So, how do they? Uh, they let you do stratagems no, and no, relics. No, no stratagems. No, no stratagems. No relics. It's what are wow, data sheet only. Like that no okay. free blades. Just basically stock stock uh, profile. No houses. No houses. No, houses, no, no houses, none of that stuff. Castellan. Nope. No, no, twenty nine. So the Lord of Skulls was the cap. Okay. Um, okay. There was also, I think, two Knight Archons and a yeah, there was, there was a, yeah, two Archons, Flame or whatever that one's called. Uh, or that's the Archons, and then there was an Archon and Atropos, and two Atropos, Atropos that's like two or three Atropos. There were two Castellan. Yeah, because they're because they're Atropos still die though because they're huge targets. Yeah, yeah, and they did. They died every. They died every game. Lord of Skulls died every game except for one, but that was the important one. Yeah. So I was one of the first things shot off the board because like people were like oh that's a threat. In Both fact, like I'm I'm working with the player next to me. I'm like okay, so I'm going to charge the Lord of Skulls and eat the Overwatch because I had like 20 wounds yeah. left, and it was an Atropos. Yeah, and he's like he was down to like 13. Like he he was not or he was like 17. He wasn't quite bracketed, but at 17, yeah, it's a good, probably. If I'd lasted long enough to be able to hit him in combat, I probably could have killed yeah. him. But I'm like, I'm gonna, I'll just charge in, take the Overwatch, <laughs> and then, and you couldn't land it, like yeah, you actually didn't actually land any Overwatch yeah. on me, and then, uh, yeah, then the the Atropos went in and just cut you to ribbons. Yeah, wow. really, like our side, like we got messed up badly by yeah. dealing the other Atropos and the uh, Skulls, yeah, the Skulls, yeah. So there's like four crippled, like halfway crippled knights. And then there's Alex's uh, Crusader, which was quite much identical to mine, that was relatively fresh, only lost a couple of wounds. And then Richard had been, because he's a paladin, he's got 72 inches range, so he camps in the back a little time. In the corner. <laughs> Third one. Back in the corner. And we started advancing on uh, Alex's knight, and Alex is like, all right, Richard, let's pull back. And we yeah. push forward, and they pull back and shoot us. That's so funny. and that was a winning strategy. Yeah. So I got up and was like, 
I got up and was over talking to someone else. I went and got a drink, which is kind of hanging out. And I'm like, you know, beer hammer was going on. So I was kind of hanging out. And then, like, I keep hearing cheering. I'm like, ah, right, I guess we haven't lost yet. It was, yeah, because there was, it was four. It was like four on two or something. Yeah, four yeah. on two. Yeah. <laughs> and me and Alex. And then it was three on two. And then it was two on two. And then all of a sudden, sudden we're like, oh, this two. might happen. <laughs> and then it was oh on two because you guys pulled out the wind. Yep. Just outlasted us. <laughs> outlasted and outshot us. So I was out because my team lost. And, bec- and then suddenly Kevin's like, holy shit. Oh, I'm back in? in? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. And then we went on to the next round. We split up into teams. I was on the opposite team of Richard this time. Same thing kind of happened. Like the Lord of Skulls kind of led the vanguard. Took a lot of shots. I think I hit something in close combat that game. Like I think I was able to get into melee. You, you got the the gallant charged you. That's right. The gallant charged me, and I think and I killed it because yeah, Florida skulls is so knights. Knights are really good because like knights have that four up invul, but it's only against or five up or five up invul, but it's only against, it's the atroposes that have a yeah, four up. But it, okay, yeah. so five up invul was only against shooting. The Florida skulls has has it. All, the, all time. the time. And the Lord of Skulls, this is the thing that's great. The Lord of Skulls ballistics weapon skill do not degrade, mm. unlike the other knights. What degrades is my strength and movement, so I'm slower and I'm weaker, and but I, I but I get more attacks. And my axe is a you know, 2x weapon, so instead of being strength 20 or strength 16, I'm only strength 10 with 8 attacks. So I go from wounding on a 2 to wounding on a 3 at the bottom tier. So I'm still really, really dangerous. So I was a target. I got killed pretty quickly in that. Um, and then... It, it basically came down to, again, kind of the same thing of me and Alex yep. <laughs> against, like, four other knights. Yeah. Or three other knights. Yeah. And, and just weren't but, able to... But yeah. this time... I was the one that was like partially wounded, and Alex was fresh, and we, you know, tried to kind of, but we were up against two other paladins. Yeah, yeah. So like, because it was running away. Because it was James Lindfors and Cheryl Matheson. Cheryl, yeah. Right. Uh, so running away was only just running away from their chain swords. Yeah. As opposed to the battle, I mean, can- you can't really run away from the battle cannons. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that the the comeback ended there for Richard and Alex, yeah. and so I got to move on to the next round. <laughs> and then it was two on two. That one went pretty quickly because it was uh, the Atropos and I think, and it was one James. of the pal- and James, and then uh, you and Cheryl, me and Cheryl, and it was like Paladin, Paladin, Atropos, Lord of Skulls. So we focused on the Atropos, killed it, killed the Paladin, moved on to the final. Against me and Cheryl, and who, by the way, if you don't remember, yeah. Cheryl was the winner of the Night Joust in the Midwest Conference yeah. this so, year. So, so it was champ on champ. Champ on champ. Interesting. And I'm sad, like, I was disappointed with how this went because we go, you know, we start, we move forward, we go there. Uh, so I move forward, I take my 12 shots, whatever, and I think I hit with a couple. You know, well, average, did a couple of wins, okay. Cheryl moves forward, gets close to a battle cannon, goes to roll the battle cannon shots, number of shots, two ones. Okay, well, fine. I get two shots. It's fine. Fix them up. All right, two attacks. Two ones. Mm. And I'm like... Brutal. Yeah. And then at that point, I was able to close in and just... And when I get into close combat, I had, you know, I'm like... Well, you didn't even close in. You actually stayed... Actually, I stayed back. I stayed back another turn to make sure I'd get the charge. I I rolled my 12 attacks. Fucking Lord of Skulls is so many attacks. So many shots. I rolled my 12 shots, hit with like 10, and wounded with like 8. And I'm like... 
And then her her dice just went to ice. Yeah, it's and like so, her ice went cold, mine got hot, and I'm like, mm. and so then she so it, she yeah. decided to just charge forward. Yeah, and, and then and, and, yeah, and, and then polish off. So Kevin is two time Renegade Open wow. Night Jest champ. You? Yeah. It's the only thing I'm ever going to win in a big tournament. I'm <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Uh, Dennis won the wooden that's spoon. That's true. So you can still Which win is, the wooden spoon at the Iron Halo. That is true. That is true. I mean, that's <laughs> winning something. That is winning something. So we'll go with that. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, so no, that was Night Jousts are always so a much lot of fun. fun. Though, yeah. yeah. And Jacob Linfer's. Yeah, uh, Jacob ran it and was was great. It was so much fun. Like it was, there was beer hammers going on at the same time, so that was great. Like you could hear them doing their, you know, having which their I heard that happening. got crazy because it was like apparently it went from like they didn't do beer hammer, they did shot hammer. <laughs> yeah, it was, yep. it was like whiskey to rum to vodka, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, like the guy I played uh, in the last round of the friendly, he was like, yeah, beer hammer was like I was expecting you know. Some casual play and having some beers and it's like no, it was, nope, they lined up shots and they were getting competitive and salty. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we left at like eleven thirty midnight, yeah, beer hammer was still going. Yeah, and the GT started the next morning at seven. Like that's going to be a long day for some people. Yeah, <laughs> which is probably why it didn't quite start. Like sign in started at yeah. seven. It was supposed to be like dice roll at eight. I think it ended up the GT started at like eight thirty or something. Which is probably good because there were some hungover people. Like we didn't, we didn't get to bed until two o'clock because we had to go out for because we went out to dinner and yeah, like yeah, it, like Perkins people, at like eleven yeah. thirty. Oh my god, because we didn't night. have time. We didn't really have time to eat here at the hotel between the friendly or between the team tournament. Yeah, because I just rolled right not, into the next one. Well, yeah. not for lack of trying, not for lack of trying, but for lack of yeah. people working the grill. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. You know, um, uh, Saturday we had off, other than playing Blackst- building and playing back Blackstone Fortress and helping uh, Richard finish up painting his orcs. Not entirely true. We took Alex's uh, weathering class. Oh, that yes, is true. We did that. That that, that was that really was good. Really it was helpful. really good to see that uh, see it up close. And I, as much as I, as uh, Alex and I have differing opinions on how much is too much weathering, which I I tend to go for like maybe a light dusting and a couple of minor chipping well, and at most Alex let his Alex let his uh, true feelings slide and he's not here to defend himself so I can say this um, he let his true feelings slide like early on when he's talking about weathering he's like well yeah you use this and once you start weathering it really adds character to your models and I'm like you just kind of told Rob his models don't have character and he's like. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's like I didn't say it, but yeah. Well, because I I tend to go for the fresh. I go to the fresh for the uh, like off the parade ground, fresh to the battlefield look. I want yeah. I want my army to look like it just arrived on the field. Alex prefers his armies to look like they've been through the the battlefield already. And that's fine. It's it's a different stylistic choice. I'm, I as much as I tease him about it because like he was painting up army, uh, painting up the knights for the charity <laughs> raffle, which raised eight hundred and sixteen dollars right. for yeah. on the rock ministries, right. which was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, amazing. somebody dropped a thousand dollars on various yeah. raffle tickets. Yep. That's, yeah, that's insane. crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But uh, he was painting them up, and he sent he sent me a picture of look because one of the things he said in the painting class is you paint the model. Perfectly clean. Yeah. You you finish it up to the point where it's clean before you ever start weathering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's much easier to paint weathering over clean than clean over weathering. <laughs> Unless you're doing something like salt chipping. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. whole different 
thing. Uh, but uh, he showed me, he sent me a picture of like, look at all these neatly painted models. It'd be a shame if something happened to them. And I said, <laughs> and I said don't you dare. And it's like, like a, a couple hours later, it's like, Rob, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> he is truly history's greatest monster. But <laughs> but no, it was it was really good. I mean, and some of it was just like basics, like. How to like how to properly use sponging to do chipping, but yeah. also like how not to overwork it, yeah. how to keep it looking organic and not look not having it look too intentional. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff on doing the like how he does the the metal heat, yeah, heating metal effects for, like gun barrels and stuff like that was really good. Showed, like using uh, an airbrush, using oil tech, the using mm. oil paints. That's what, something I've never even touched on yeah and that that was really cool to see so rob do you think you're ever going to chip your models now i i actually showed alex pictures of a model that i did on commission mm-hmm. like i painted uh three krieg uh chimeras and uh, mercarius mm-hmm. and i i chipped them and dirtied them up so i can do it like i'm muddied up the base and everything i can't do <laughs> for my own stuff i generally prefer not to Okay. Like I'll like for my towel, I do uh, like I'll do uh, weathering powders, and he showed us also like yeah, powders, weathering powders, and stuff like that. Yeah. But I use weathering powders on like the the legs to kind of show they've been walking through dust to get to the okay. battlefield. But it's again it's stylistic cool. choice. And he also like one of the things he did specify is less is more, and there are he said there are some things that he painted like a couple of years ago where he's like really hyper into weathering that he looks at now. He's like, no, nah, I probably should have pulled back on that a bit. Mm, yeah. So I mean. It, and again, it's style, but but knowing I'd rather know the techniques and yeah. have them in my repertoire than be like, no, no one should ever weather anything. But it, yeah, it was a really good class, and it, I think it illustrates why we like to have Alex on the absolutely. show because he's a fantastic teacher. Yes, absolutely. and and we were like we were sitting like on one, he's on one side of a table. Yeah. And we're right like he was closer to us than you are right now. Yeah. Wow. So we're right so we're there able to see what how, how many people are in the class? Just the three Just of us. Just the three of us. So you got literally one on one teachings from a master. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so he had done some other classes on Friday as well. Like for airbrushing. And airbrushing like that. There were other people in it. But that was great. Like it, it was that was super helpful. That's awesome. And and just talking about like how like different paint blends he uses for different effects and mm-hmm. like or even just things like here's the bottles that I've transferred my paints into just to yeah. be easier to work with, you know. Just yeah, you know, don't don't lick your brush after using it in minerals in mineral spirits. Oh. <laughs> so you know those are mistakes that have been oh. made, and so <laughs> yeah. we learn from we we benefit from that experience. But now <laughs> that's that, called wisdom. That yes, is wisdom. That is wisdom. <laughs> and so yeah, and so Saturday night we played Blackstone Fortress. Had a blast doing that. Oh, yeah. And then uh, today, Sunday, was time for the friendly, which Kevin did not take part in because he was helping yes, I officiate. Helped, yeah, I helped. Uh, again, talking about it before, like kind of putting our money where our mouth is. Um, I wanted to make sure that they had staff that would help for it. you know. And so uh, several people, uh, John Champ, uh, Jason Stewart, uh, Jacob Linfords and I were yeah. like, just kind of organized and set up the friendly event, uh, you know, made sure the tables got, you know, people got the right tables. There really weren't any questions, like so, like officiating. It's not even really the right it's term a friendly. because there were. I think, I think, I think two we questions had, came. I up. think we had a question about like because like one of the objectives was kill all the HQs yeah. and the most expensive model or most expensive unit. What if the most expensive yeah. unit is an HQ? 
Well, and then the mm, other, yeah. and then the other part of it was the mission packet itself was trying to be kind of a retro fifth edition style packet. Mm-hmm. So there were some questions about, hey, are we using eighth edition objective secured? Or are we using fifth edition objective? And it's like, no, we're using the current eighth edition ones. But it's like just that type of stuff we had to like yeah. clarify. It wasn't like, hey, this model needs to be no. Was, there was none of that. It was, it was great because we were right in the middle of the of the the floor. We had the RTT to one side of us, and we had the top sixteen tables to the other. And except you for just, the top table, which was right in here, and you could just yes. tell, like there was salt coming from this side, <laughs> and there was salt over here. And we're like, we're just sitting in the middle, going, "Hey, we're just playing a game and having fun." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I've already since I've been talking a lot about like our team tournament. Yep. So, Richard, you brought orcs. You brought yes. the new works. Yes, uh, I brought a a mob of boys, mob of golf boys. Uh, I, I liked a lot that uh, once I was able to get them into close combat. Uh, the few times that I did, <laughs> I hear you. That uh, they they actually performed pretty well. Um, the those sixes exploding to to be able to get more attacks in, especially if I've got the the knob with the wall banner standing behind them. Uh, yeah, they pretty much wipe out what they run into, yep. and which uh, is what they should do. Yeah, it's- yeah. I just have to have a, enough of them left over when, <laughs> to, to when they get there. Yeah. <laughs> Are we able to? Ever able to pull uh, the, the green tide stratagem? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, they killed uh, them off. off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a few times. To- there was, I think, one time where, one time where I did get like enough boys, but like I didn't really like need it. Okay. It is is what it boiled down to. Like, because it was like a tiny unit that sure, I sure. didn't need extra help to kill off, and there wasn't really anything else I I needed. So, um, I I probably you know there's a number of strategy things that I probably do different because I had the the war boss with the knobs and the truck. Uh-huh. I probably would have just put them, put him on the ground with the boys. Oh, really? Okay. Because well, because his wall aura, because the wall aura okay. was would be more useful for them. Okay. Like just coming out of the truck, like the truck being a transport with you know some heavy hitting guys in it. Big target. Like was a target every time. Uh huh. Um, it survived like. Two of the games, but only just barely. <laughs> How's the really uh, close? Yeah. <laughs> now you also, and you also um, had uh, bad ruck and, fla- and a unit of flash gets. Bad ruck and flash gets. The they they were also the high priority targets for my opponents. So I think I I did not go first in any of my games. That is a which huge is difference. is also raw was also rough. Yeah, all of that. Like I faced two Tyranid lists and Dark Angels, so all very shooty lists. Yes, yeah. not good. Um, if you're in assault. <laughs> or, right. 
I mean, the flash gets were were my big unit, my highest point cost unit. Mm-hmm. But only one game, I I gave up Kingslayer, so that was kind of nice. Um, but they did. I, I never got them to like shoot a second time in, mm-hmm. in a single shooting round. Mm-hmm. Um, but Badrock there uh, also made, letting them reroll ones was pretty helpful. Yeah, and and Daka Daka Daka, they got to shoot quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I was happy with how they performed. I'm not not super. They they're really expensive, so mm-hmm. I'm not sh- entirely. Sp- sold on effectiveness versus point cost for them just yet I, I need to play around with them more and mm-hmm. I mean all it, it also comes down to I think I placed them about as good as I could in all of the games but, but they're just such a big that, target someone yeah. will go out of their way to, to, to get them right so um, it might actually have been better to run like Rather than one unit of ten to, to run two fives, two fives make them a little less obvious uh, targets. Oh, and right. Also, be able to cover more of the board with fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I mean, just learning experience. But like yeah. all of the games were were very fun. Lots of stuff died in both of the Tyranid games. I mean, I was able to kill some of the Dark Angel stuff, but not a lot. Because that was that was the uh, table quarters deployment, yeah, yeah. and the like the way the terrain was set up and the corners that we picked. Did he uh, cast up in like the far back of his? And, and he was kind of yeah, he was back in his. He was well, he started kind of in the middle. Now, did he do, like then, the full Azrael brick or did he? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Azrael and, and the and the hell blasters. The hell bla- like a big unit of ten hell blasters yeah. Yeah. and the mm. and that the speeder with the that gives the four up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That you can just move around a little bit, uh, so oh. it's always and yeah. Right. Yeah, just yeah. like Nathan told us about yeah. one, yep. that episode. Yep. 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 That's like. At the end, like towards the end of that game, I got like eight boys into the, that big unit that had ten hell blasters, and you know, it was enough boys to kill a couple of the hell blasters because my dice weren't like mm-hmm. super great during the day. I didn't take off my shirt. Yeah, I took uh, off my shirt. It didn't help. You guys okay. took off your no, shirts. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so, so for our listeners who can't see us, <laughs> yes. which is probably for the best. Which is yes. everyone, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, I, no, I just had to ask. We took off our shirts. That is the appropriate response. But that, yes. that is the appropriate response. <laughs> and also there was a comment for our listeners, comma, who can't see us, uncomment. Uh, Richard and I, and Kevin is not wearing his right now, but we all have preferred enemies like baseball jerseys. Yes. That we got uh, for our, last year for LVO. For LVO. Yeah. It's got our names on the back. There's some argument over whether these jerseys are cursed. They are yeah. cursed. They are, they are 100% cursed. <laughs> so, I have won three games with them in the year that I've owned my jersey. I won a third of those games on on Friday. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we kind of came up with a theory that 
maybe the jerseys. Because, like, we gave one to Dave Ehrman at Midwest oh, Conquest. Because yeah, basically, if you were a host on the show, and he's been on enough episodes now, he's our official fifth chair. Sure. So we gave him one at Midwest Conquest. He wore it at Midwest yeah. Conquest. He got rolled at Midwest Conquest. Yeah. And he's worn it to a couple of events since. And he's like, no, this thing is so, this thing is killing my game. So for, for super attentive listeners, just to kind of say that back my theory that these things are cursed. For super attentive listeners, we got things for LVO. I went 1-2-1 one, and one at LVO, and I won a game on Friday. I have won one game in the intervening eight months wearing that jersey. So, I, and during the night joust, <laughs> my paladin, <laughs> Rob's paladin, the paladin that I was playing, no, it's my dice were doing really badly. And then it was down to me and Alex. And, and I looked down and I'm like, hmm. And I took off the jersey. That comeback was on. The paladin murdered stuff. <laughs> like the dice. So, and I took back my jersey on. off. I took my jersey off at that point as well, and I ended up winning the thing. So so, so <laughs> but to counter that theory, so I took my jersey off. And we were wearing t-shirts underneath, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, right. free nipples yeah, right. or anything. But uh, <laughs> David Hasselhoff here. Yeah, but took, took the jersey off at all three of my rounds of the friendly. I got rolled still. So I mean, maybe right. just a bad player. It might just be. Uh, yeah. so, it could be that we're not good at this right. game. Yeah, I don't right. know. That could, could be bad. It could also yeah. be it, too. It, that, that's <laughs> also, to be fair, I did To be fair. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there. The friendly, there were people who built their armies for the friendly, and then there were people who were playing in the GT, yeah. didn't make the top 16 cut, ran out of space in the RTT, and thus went over to the friendly. Yeah. They had to kind of cut their list down to a 1500 using the, the retro old school for FOC, sure, yeah. and may not have been the most friendly list uh, air quotes here but uh, so he's a friendly person oh, but the great. list wasn't necessarily the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it happens but okay so for my games like i play so i played my death guard the only change i made from the one i played for the team tournament and the one i played here was i added a rhino for one of my units of plague marines and I added a unit of three Myphitic Blight Haulers, which I love. They're so good. They're so good. However, I did find the hard counter to them is three Plague Burst Crawlers. <laughs> Plague Burst Crawlers <laughs> are the best thing in that codex. Yeah. Um, but uh, so first game was against Alex Hunt, who was playing his Grey Knights, who uh, he had brought to Midwest Conquest yep. and uh, uh, didn't win Best Painted there because there was a really, really yep. sharp Imperial. It, it was... That we've talked about that before. It was really tight, really yeah. tight. But um, but he did win best painted at the friendly, yeah. and he absolutely deserved it. It was. Yeah. Although I would like to happily report that second and third, right? Since I was doing the paint judging, and I, like I said, I, I myself and Jason were doing kind of the paint judging, and we got Jacob over and like, here's what we've decided, and like everyone else was like, no, like Richard and. Rob's armies are both like in the contention for the top three, but we also like agreed that Alex Alex is, was, is, was, his stuff was is good, yeah, is phenomenal, was better, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but but anyway, the so, weathering made the difference. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that it army builds character. No, it builds <laughs> character. <laughs> hey, to 
to be fair, his army, that army isn't weathered. It's corrupted. That's fair enough. It is a that's corrupted Grey Knights army. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do it. So I lost to Grey Knights. Um, uh, oh, yeah, you lost. Yeah. Ten, uh, 12 to 10. It was a close game. That was and, and it really came, really what it came down to is I forgot to use the Tallyman. The Tallyman's ability, which which might affect impact your decision, be like, well, I don't think the Tallyman's worth the points. Well, yeah, if you never use him, yeah, then he's not worth the points. <laughs> if you forget to use his no, abilities, there were, yes. well, the thing is, I used, I, I used like, I well, okay, but he left that the, part of the story. The reason, the reason me. I, okay, so the reason I, I mentioned that is, I think I, so the Tallyman's ability, on the one hand, it's like CP regeneration. CP regeneration is good. It's and it's but the it's only a really that, weird bad version. But their of it, version yeah. of it is it's your stratagems only. Mm-hmm. It has to be Death Guard stratagems, which does not include the the three generic ones. Right, yeah. it's four generic ones now. Yeah. So like, if I do a command reroll, I can't use the Talisman because that's not a Death Guard. Like in the Codex, it's not listed as a Death Guard stratagem, even though you get a card for it in the deck. But that's just for reference. It's not Death Guard. Yeah. Um. So it has to be your stratagem. Has to be a Death Guard stratagem. And you have to roll a seven on two d six. I think I used two actual death guard stratagems that entire game. So there's a chance I could have gotten one of those points back. Where the scoring on the game turned was I got it was Voldus and Typhus in combat with each other after Typhus had finished off uh, a grandmaster. Voldus got one hit in. I had uh, one wound remaining. His hammer just does a flat three, or he did three with his hammer. I rolled my three disgustingly, I failed the save, rolled my three disgustingly resilience, five, five, one. Mm. (laughs) And I didn't have any command points left to re-roll the one. So we're just like, man, if I'd had one more command point, let's let's just kind of see what would have happened. And it's like, this is obviously not binding of the game, but let's roll it, see what happened. Six. Typhus would have survived, swung back at Voldus, and probably would have taken him out. Yeah. Uh, Were you wearing your jersey? No, I had taken off the jersey. Shit. So, so I made you suck. Them. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he took the jersey off and rolled a six. So just no, the jersey was off the whole game. So, uh, but yeah, so I rolled. So, so I figured like there may have been a there may have been a chance where I used a stratagem, could have gotten back a CP, and might it might have brought it to a tie. But it was a, it was a close yeah. game. It was a good. But it was a good game. Was, yeah. All all three of my games were good. Uh, second game was against uh, Tyler. His first name starts with an S, and it's very long. Or his last name starts with an S, it's very long, and I don't remember exactly what it was. He was also playing Death Guard. He was also using Typhus and Poxwalkers and Plague Marines. So it wasn't – and a plague and a uh, Demon Prince with wings. So it was, it was not quite a mirror match because – But it was close. Yeah. He didn't have any uh, Crawlers or the Blight Haulers. But um, – and actually, I just kind of sold him on the idea because he's like he'd never played against them. He hadn't, you know, he'd be kind of like looking at him and hadn't really decided. They were easily a couple of the MVPs. Of, even though I lost the game, he was like these things held me back from like just rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and also it was Death Guard on Death Guard and a kill points mission. Yeah. So did so, anything die? Yes. It, but we decided that since it was Death Guard on Death Guard, we were going to play it to seven kill points total between the two of us. Once the seventh point was killed, Nurgle would be appeased and whoever had the most kill points would win. Fair enough. And he So managed- 18 hours later. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so no, he, he ended up he ended up getting more kill points. But it it was a it was a blast of a game. It sounds uh, like it. Yeah. yeah, and it, it was just and we got to figure out which typhus was the real typhus and 
Although, also, I sold him on the. He did. So we're both using the same typhus model, but I don't put the smoke and flies coming out of the vents on mine. And he was looking at his, and, and he, you know, he looked at mine. He's like, you know, you're kind of convincing me to snip these off and paint over where they were. <laughs> so I just like mine a little yeah. bit less. I love the typhus model, and I'm glad that piece is a, an add-on that yeah. doesn't impact the rest of the build because I think it makes it a little too cluttered. A lot of the newer models are have, have tons of detail and extra stuff, and you yeah. know, all these extra. Sometimes it'd be a bit much. Yeah, yeah, and I think on that one it's a little bit much. I like the clean, the 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 a little bit more simplified streamlined model. Uh, but no, that one was a totally fun game. Then the third game I had uh, was against a guy named Tom, and Tom had been playing in the GT. Didn't make the cut and decided to play in the friendly because I, th- I think by the time when he decided the RTT had already filled up because there was yeah. a slight planning issue on that. This So the GT had like 78 players, something yeah. like that. The top 16 made the cut to move on to day two. So all the people that only got – they got to play three rounds and he didn't make the cut. It's like, well, you can go over to the RTT or friendly for free. Most people wanting to play competitively wanted to go into the RTT. And they only had something like 20-some spaces available yeah. for the RTT. Yeah, this miscommunication as to how much spaces they needed to have available. So they were trying to scramble and, and use – because they wanted to have a kind of buffer zone around the top 16 so people weren't playing in the same area. But, yeah, there was some miscommunication there as to that. So they, they – We did – they did kind of – They figured it out. Like they – I don't think anybody actually had to drop. But they – you know, between – Shuffling some people around and moving some tables, they were able to get it all. And the friendly had like they had left space for like twenty eight in the friendly, and we had like twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, just enough. Yeah. So they reshuffling it around, but yeah, there's some people that wound up having competitive lists in the friendly event. Which so so Tom play so Tom's issue was he had brought uh, Nurgle demons with a little bit of Death Guard splashed in and Renegade like armagers. I like, couldn't use the armagers because there's no in the friendly. There was no Lord of War spot, so he's like, "I didn't bring enough. I didn't bring any extra models. I just brought what I needed for the tournament. So I got to play 200 points down." Mm. And I'm like, "So I'm like, well, I could take 200 points out of my army because I could take some like one of my squads of Plague Marines and a, a yeah. Rhino, maybe shuffle a couple models around, and I could I could be playing it at 200." I was like, "No, no, no. It's it's fine. It's cool. It's my you know it's my file." So uh, it's a six objective mission. You know, whoever's holding the most objectives at the end of the game wins. Uh, he had three plague burst crawlers, like I said, and he, those were those were hurting bad. Like I said, they were the hard counter to the the blight drones, or but or the blight haulers. But uh, I was pushing him back. He had one unit of like thirty pox or thirty plague bringers, like conga lined across his entire back line to sit on. And kind of pushing forward to get to a couple of objectives, uh, and he had a second one in the warp. So I'd kind of had to keep my stuff in the back so he doesn't jump in into my into my zone. Turn one, turn two, turn three. He hasn't placed them. He forgot. He forgot to place them. Did you pull a Tony? No, you pulled a reverse Tony. I pulled a reverse Tony. Oh. So turn four, he's looking at. It, he's like, ah, oh, crap! I forgot to to place my box. My uh, plague bringers, and I'm like, you know what? You're playing 200 points down. This is a friendly event. We're both owing to it. We're point. both owing to. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and place him. I'm, he's he's, and he's guy. like, are you You're such a good guy? And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, man, do it. Go ahead. So he places it, and like the only really place he can put him, because like I said, I've been kind of holding my, you know, make sure there are no gaps in my back line, uh, is 
there's an area in the middle that's on one of the objectives. So you drop 30 guys there. And, you know, they're plague bringers. So. Yeah. And he starts getting off that point. No. And, and, no. and there's enough of them. He starts stretching them out towards another objective 15 inches away <laughs> that I've got two models on, but neither of them are troops. Yeah. He's stretching them. I, like, drive my my uh, plague burst crawler in front of the objective and charge them to push them, hold them back. But then he just falls them back, let them fall back and stretch around. And I couldn't, I couldn't chip off enough of them to pull him off of either objective and they're obsec and I'm not. So had I not let him do that, the game would have ended three objectives to two in my favor because I let him do that. It ended up four objectives to two in his favor, but I don't feel bad about doing it. So you're saying you lost to an army that you were had 200 more points then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But he did the right thing. He did the right thing. No. No. I, you did the right thing. I'm not, go, the I'm, not, the front. Yeah. I, I'm not going to – winning it wasn't that important to yeah. me, especially when it's like you can tell the guy's had a rough day because he, he's 0-2. He's been playing down. And he's he was probably, expecting to play a completely different game. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And – and I, you know, and it, and it's not so much about like, well, I'm going to make sure he has an easy time of it, yeah. but it's like, I don't need to be that much of a stickler to try to pull yeah. this out and and you know, it's like, let's just have a good time. Yeah, having fun's more important. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, gentleman's agreement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and and that that's more the spirit of uh, of the uh, friendly environment, anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I went zero and three. And and I'm fine with that. I so I'm I'm what one and five for the weekend. Yep. Whether it didn't matter whether I was wearing the jersey or not. So. Well, I didn't your, lose today, and I wasn't wearing the jersey. Yeah. You also didn't play today. Is it because lose. your models didn't have character? Uh, hey, my model. Well, so at some point, I think <laughs> I don't remember who it was that mentioned this to, to Richard and I. Because after Richard's like, ah, I lost my first game, and he looked at Richard and goes, "You didn't lose." You just finished second in your event. <laughs> I'm like, it, was, it was Teagues. That's right, it was Teagues. Yeah, he's like, you didn't lose. You just finished second in your event. That's a good way to look at it. Y'all look at it that way. <laughs> I did have to lose to Alex in a dress. Not that I was wearing a dress. Alex was wearing a dress. No way. Because of a bet he had lost amongst the Lords of War at Midwest he finished, Conquest. Because he finished last in their group at Midwest Conquest. Oh. <laughs> so his wife went and got, it, got him a tasteful uh, polka dot number. Yeah. Uh, he filled it out nicely. That's so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. As those pictures are up on Twitter. I posted a couple. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's what, that's the sensei we get our painting knowledge yeah. from. <laughs> it's all in fun. He had a good time with it. Yeah. He, wore, he wore that thing for all three of his games, too. Like, yes. He wore it the whole day. As soon as the game ended, he went and changed. Yep. <laughs> he owned it. Yeah, he owned, he owned it. it. He, he owned it. So good, good on him. Uh, so, we, so we didn't we didn't really keep up with much of what was going on in the GT. Although, so I was able to do a little bit because so day one didn't really follow much. Like we were kind of watching on BCP, but and I don't think anybody got knocked out that we didn't. Ex- you know, yeah. like the the pe- when you looked well, at who made the top sixteen, it looked like it was it wasn't far from what you would have expected. There, there was one Tony Rapondo. Oh, was he? He did not make the cut. Okay, I oh, didn't realize I didn't he was three here. spots down. He was, yeah. Oh, okay. We well, had it on the, stream game two. Oh, okay. Well, I know that, like, um, uh, Andrew Ganyu and a couple of people didn't make that we kind of expected to make the top 16 didn't or were, like, right kind of outside mm-hmm. of the cut. Um, and part of that was just the way battle, because with three rounds, 
it, it really comes down to the spread of battle points, and one or two can make it. Well, and, a and, huge and in, for in Ganya's case, he brought Death Watch specifically to prove that Death Watch could win a turn. You know, uh, De- Death Watch and a Castellan. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Death Watch and a Castellan. Yeah, yeah. But, it's like you got to add the Castellan like, yeah. in. But I think there. it was Trent knocked him out. Yeah, running. Yeah. So yes. yeah, but yeah. So we we kind of followed day one, you know, through BCP and games were on the stream and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Uh, day two, since I was officiating the friendly and I'm finger quoting super hard here I was able to kind of like bounce around and watch games go into the so we had a streaming room set up which was great yep. so there was actually a, re- a room and they put a projector and a big screen up and you could watch the live stream especially so because to, they were separate What you know, yeah. there was no audience allowed in here to, mm-hmm. to monitor the game which is good there's no chance for outside coaching or distraction or anything yeah. like that and even if we were in the big hall you know, if someone were watching the game, they couldn't hear the commentators. Like yep. they, they maybe could hear the players. Yeah, this is, this is a way to keep track on the games without having them bug anybody. Yeah. yeah, no, it worked out great. Like the broadcast went well. You guys were funny on the broadcast. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. sound, the the sound effects drops and drop ins were fun too. Did you like those? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, uh, well, so if you uh, if you want to watch all these episodes, I'll put them on the YouTube channel. But um, uh, you can go to uh, twitch.tv slash TV, and you can check out all uh, six games. Uh, we had a great time. We had Brian Hunter from uh, the Flying Monkey Wargaming Podcast, uh, and then we also had Jason Lippert. He is the head uh, Adepticon judge. We also called him Grandpa <laughs> because he is old. <laughs> so if you ever see him anywhere, just say, "Hey, Grandpa, how you doing?" And he'll he'll absolutely love that. But uh, it was it was a really cool dynamic because uh, both uh, our two shoutcasters uh, they they were they were like just two old people sitting in their lawn chairs, <laughs> and you can see their chairs over there, and they would just talk about the game. Yeah. And sometimes you know you know with forty k, it's like with any. Any football game, you know, if your your team's getting blown out, you know, what are the what are the announcers talking about? Yeah. Well, they just talk about random stuff, like for the football players' lives, right? To kind of fill in the space, and that's what these guys did. Well, what are the games? I think it was the it was the game that Kyle and Mike Kyle Thompson, Mike Smith were. So I think it was round five. Uh huh. I w- I just walked in and out, and at one point they were listing off all of the movies they had quoted so far on the shoutcast. <laughs> and they like, and they were doing the rundown, and then it was like, and it was like. The Big Lebowski and like Flash Dance. It was just this random scattering yeah, of a roadhouse. And I'm like, Blade 2. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was, okay, so it was, it was quite hilarious because, you know, yes, we want to watch competitive 40K, but, you know, we're all people too. And I think I got more enjoyment because I think one of my favorite arguments that Brian and Jason had was chess clocks. And it was like a 30-minute oh argument on the stream. And I was like, guys... Because they didn't use them here, did they? Yeah, they yes, we did. They did, okay. yeah. For, did they only use them for the stream so, games? Or? So this is how it first started. I think for the top started. 16. Uh, for, yes, for the top 16, uh, we... Uh, at the 40-minute mark in round four, uh, the players were on turn two. Oh. And 40 minutes remaining. So... Uh, Renegade Open had a policy where if you're not at a certain benchmark, a death clock will be enforced. And so we enforced the death clock. At that point, Jason went on a tirade. He's like, man, I can't believe we're enforcing a death clock. And, you know, I know it's the Renegade format that we have to do it, but, man, it should have been implemented in turn one. Obviously, one of the players was like, yeah, man, it should have been implemented in turn one. You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, I can't do anything about it. It's like it's a Renegade policy. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're at the bottom of turn two with 40 minutes left. What do you what do you want yeah. me to do? Yeah. And so 
Um, <laughs> so Jason, if you don't know Jason Lippert, he's an awesome guy. He can spell out an argument A to B to C to D to E to F, G, A, all the way through the alphabet and just uh, have it be logical and make sense. And you'll be like, oh, man, that actually sounds really good. And at literally – Something tells me the argument was something like, yes, we should eat babies. Was that what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, eating babies is great. And so it was, it was really awesome because Brian is like just sitting in this chair. Yeah. He's like doing nothing. You know, he's kind of feeling under the weather. And then Jason says, Brian, what do you, what do you, what do you think oh, about shit. that? Oh, shit. Brian says, well, Bam Bam's known for holding, holding back on his opinions, too. Not so. this time. <laughs> I don't know if you caught the sarcasm. Oh, yeah. so he, he just says three words. Well, actually, he says a little bit more than that. But he says, Jason, this is what I think about it. Get good, scrub. <laughs> so hard. I was like, I couldn't keep a straight face. And need I remind you, this is round four. This yeah. is actually with uh, the winner of Renegade Open, Stephen Pramperine, yeah. versus uh, uh, just uh, Jeff with his Thousand Sons. And I, we were just laughing. And I was like, you know, I commented on the stream. And I was like, you know, Jason, this is this is the difference between a, a northern educated argument and a southern argument, and we were like just yeah. laughing. <laughs> Sorry, because because we, we were just it's just it's just so oh, true, so great. accurate, and um, but it's moments like that in the stream where where you can just like you know have great discussions on on fluff, great discussion yeah. discussions on chess clocks. We had. Uh, amazing discussions on Yunari when we saw, like, for example, in round two, we saw Trent Northington with his Yunari versus uh, Andrew Ganyo with Death Watch and a Castellan. And we felt like Trent was on his heels because he'd lost like two wave serpents, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Andrew was doing a great job of spacing out his Death Watch that were coming in, making sure the Shining Spears didn't get a really great target. And we saw the Shining Spears evaporate. And, you know, Andrew Ghani was just holding on, holding on. And then finally the Castellan went down. And you know what? Yanari suck because they pulled out the W because they're just so stupid good. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is just utter crap because why you have like four units left, Trent, and, and they're, and you're destroying them. You know, all the psychic powers are going off. You know, I'm going to. Uh, oh, I failed my psychic power. Guess what? I get to reroll because I'm a farce you. Ha ha! real. Oh, I get to add plus one to my my warp charge because I'm awesome. And I'm like, golly, I have never been so demoralized <laughs> in my life just watching a game, seeing how many rules the Yanari break. And Jason Lippard, now give me – now, in all fairness, he was also like stoking the fire too <laughs> because he – you know, he's a GW playtester, so he's seen it all. He's got, and he's super knowledgeable about the game, yeah. and he was like explaining, like, in a logical sense, because this is how he does it. Uh, you know, what was, you know, how it, how Yonari are breaking the rules, and how it makes it's very hard to balance the game because of Yonari. And yeah. I was like, yeah, man, stick it to him, keep going. And so, uh, and also Brian Hunter agreed with him as well. So it was, um, 
know, overall, it was a great experience. Um, I could go over each and every one of the games, but the cool thing is, is you don't have to because yeah. it's all online. Exactly. Yeah. What I do recommend doing uh, to our listeners, if you want to watch one amazing Yanari versus Orc game with the Orcs pulling out the W, yeah, uh, watch the final game. Uh, Renegade Open. Yeah. <clears throat> Colin so, Sherman versus Steve Pamperine. Yeah, it was uh, it was down the wire. And so it was awesome. You mentioned like Yanari breaking rules and like being so deadly even when they only have a few units left. So I was kind of bouncing back and forth because like at that point the final round was set up for the friendly paint judging was over. Literally three judges standing around like shooting the shit. I was like, I'm gonna go watch the final and kind of just see this. So I said, and then I watched in there for a while. Came back, came back, you know, came and watched it and like. You know, turn one charge, got in there, did a bunch of stuff, killed things, and then kind of go through. And I'm like, I left the second time, and I'm like, because uh, I think his Luda's, Steven's Luda's had shoot and like shot a bunch of uh, Dark Reapers and like killed like half the unit. <laughs> and at like, that point, it's like, he's got no Shining Spears left. Dark Reapers have been crippled. The only couple characters in like a Wave Serpent left. I'm like, well, this is kind of over. Because he has like fresh unit of 30 boys and all this and this and this. And I'm like, all right. So I leave, and I'm, you know, Go yeah, I finish. Think, I think Steven was up by uh, eight points at yeah. this point. And I just go and I finish and I'm helping pack stuff up and finish the event. And then I find out that literally he wants Steven won because I'm like the last power play of the game, basically. Dice rolled the right way. Because yeah, those four and dark reapers. Well, we actually got to have dinner with yeah, like Colin, yeah. you know, after after the event. And he's like, Yeah, I made one tact I made a tactical error at the end. I looked at two objectives and like I could have either like pulled back off of an objective to get like sabotage or yeah. or you know so that, he scored the objective so, 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 yeah. like he the, quickened a unit to move it off of an objective. This is the hilarious part. Okay, so it was turn six. They were both on death clocks. Uh, time was not an issue at that point, but yeah. you know obviously you want to play as quickly as possible. And so <clears throat> Colin forgets to move this unit that he's talking about. Yeah. And so in the psychic phase, he's like, "Oh, I'm just going to quicken this unit." And everybody just starts busting up laughing, or, or uh, Steven starts busting up laughing. He's like, "That is the first time I've ever heard of a of a of a player saying that they forgot to move a unit, and I just I'm going to quicken them." <laughs> <laughs> that was the and I agree. That was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because I mean, uh, I mean, what army can like you know? Oh, I forgot to do this phase. I'll just do it later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like again, Yonari, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> and so he just moves it, and like you said, that's one of the reasons why he lost. Because like, then, uh, Stephen like what brought out a, a weird boy and did the jump and got- well, he brought out a year boy, did the jump, and also moved a um, war boss on bike. Yeah. Or I, th- I think a war boss on bike or a mech boy on uh, on bike into position to charge the same unit. And so the cool thing is that <clears throat> Stephen, uh, the final play of the game, which was just awesome. Uh, Roll psychic power smite onto this. I think five unit of dire oh, avengers yeah. and uh, rolled boxcars. So perils uh, rolled for the smite damage. Rolled a one. Used a command point. Rolled six. Game over. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah dot just what he needed. The, to yeah, ex- exactly what he needed. And it was <clears throat> it was one of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, I have a little chart that tracks uh, point differentials and percentages to win. And it was up and down yeah. and up. And then Which, it looked like Col- uh, Colin was going to win, like going into turn five, because he was ahead by two points. And that's actually really good going into the last yeah. turn. And 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 Steve was able to pull it out because he 
he was smart by going second and playing defensively for such yes. a long period of time, weathering the storm, and then <clears throat> getting into a position to take the win from Colin. Yeah. Very good play. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Steve Hamperine wins Renegade Open with Orcs. Yeah. Yes. Orcs. Uh, uh, Bam, just want to let you know, I did predict this. I told you <laughs> it was going to happen. So yeah, we, yeah, we had we were, we were having discussions with it was actually it was uh, Colin Best of Faction. Faction. So yeah, so Colin and uh, his co-host from Best of Faction were there. Uh, Matt and uh, Mark from Battle Hosts. We all basically just sat and had dinner together and just talked 40k for what two hours. Yeah, which is so great. That's the that's the thing I love about going to these events. Like I didn't play a single game of 40k today or yesterday, and I had so much fun just. Seeing people, seeing people I don't see anymore because I don't live here anymore. You, know, you never lived talk. here. Well, I mean, but I don't live in the area anymore. So you never lived in this area. Any <laughs> the generic, like general area in the United of the States. Country. You still well, live in the United States. I don't live in this area of the United States. I want someplace warm. Um, <laughs> but not just, being he's just trying to help you build character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, I'm, made, but, I'm weathering him. I'm aging. Uh, him as we <laughs> but like just talking to people and hanging out and like getting to talk 40k and seeing these games. Like, this has been so much fun. And this has been a, an interesting, like, different tournament experience than just coming and playing games. Because when you play, you're locked into your games and you that's what you focus on. That's what you experience while there's all this other stuff going on. So, so yeah, good. this be, getting able to, like, get out get a bird's eye view of the event or, like, focus on in, on other yeah. people's games and see what and, – and, yeah, and then just have the conversations afterwards and just talk. Like, um, after, uh, after my game with Alex uh, – I had entered a few pieces in the uh, painting. They had like single model painting competition here. And uh, I, I got third place in a couple of categories, mostly because there were three entries. Well, it, well okay. Yeah. That sounds a lot worse than it is. But uh, but I talked with Alex afterwards because he was one of the judges yeah. for it. And so I said, okay, so I know you were one of the judges. Uh Based on what I entered, like, because I entered my Typhus, uh, my Poxwalkers, and one of my Blight Haulers into the painting competition. And, uh, so, so, like, what, what tips and, you know, what, what would you tell me to do to get, to do better in painting competitions later? Because there were some absolutely beautiful pieces in the, in the competition. There so, really so I knew I was kind of at a disadvantage going in, but I felt pretty good about the stuff that I put up there. And, uh, yeah, he said, uh, like on the Poxwalkers, you know, couple little high, extra highlights here. Just bring him up to the next level just a little bit. It wouldn't take much. Uh, Typhus was kind of the same way. We really liked how he looked. Um, it was just like maybe do a little bit more on the the scythe blade. A couple little tweaks here on the blight hauler. He's like, it was fantastic, except you could see like one of the join lines because those push fit models sometimes it's hard mm. to get really good flush joints he's like that's easy to fill and to fill and smooth out like sand over and, and smooth out and you know to make it either even if you just make it look like a little bit of a divot rather than a, a mold lines or like a mm. join line split he's like but otherwise you know it was and he even brought up it's like if you if we were just talking pieces for an art like judging an army at a tournament these would these this would have been great. You would have been in the running for a, a top painted, no problem. For a painting competition where you're really focusing on single model, the way you would like the Adepticon crystal brush or something like that, it's a much higher level of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's like every little detail when you're comparing hmm. two you know two or three models and like 
the, you know, like where does this one push just a bit further than the other? So it was good feedback to get and talking, which is him about talking with him about painting techniques and, and what he would recommend things I could touch up on. So that's another, you know, I, I do enjoy, you know, I enjoy talking about the game, the history of the game, our experiences with the game, uh, telling stories about, uh, like where the Carl came from, <laughs> which is that story never gets old. I, I'm sure Carl thinks so, <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, it's but you know it's it's those moments, it's that moment of community. That's why we love coming to these events. It's why we come to the Iron Halo. It's why we come to Renegades. Why we try to make it out to like Flying Monkeys. Why you're going out to LVO again. Yep. Uh, just getting to be part of the of the larger community. And I also have to say. I'm really impressed with the gaming community, the, the wargaming community here in the mid or in Minnesota, because I mean it's from all over Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin. It's like all you know, yeah. all these people coming up. Um, so there's there's a really great community here, and we've made a lot of friends here. And you know, this was the f- Renegade Open four years ago was the first time we traveled to an event to kind of help cover it and promote it and. And, you know, record about it. And it's become a thing that we've loved doing and continue to do and do at your event. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's stuff like this that, that reminds me why I play 40k. And that was also one of the reasons why I enjoyed doing the, the team and the, and the friendly, you know, a couple of little less lower pressure events. I've been doing, you know, it's like we've been doing like GT after GT after GT. You know, or or and just focused purely on competitive play for a while, and I found that you know because like I just did like I did Show Me Showdown in July, I did Iron Halo in or see, I did Iron Halo in uh, October, like end of mm-hmm. September, beginning of October. I did Midmo Maelstrom two weeks ago in Columbia, so I've been playing like GTS, but then in between that, I did the uh, Siege World Apocalypse yeah. game. Uh, uh, two weeks, or yeah, the uh, like a week or two before Midmo Maelstrom, we did a charity tournament at uh, one of our local game stores where I played uh, um, Emperor's Children because it was uh, it, I brought a pink army because it was for breast cancer research. They were ra- you know raising charity and they were doing like a ball and chain where you brought a thousand points and you got randomly paired with somebody every turn. Yeah. In a team tournament, seems like it's pretty fun. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. Um, so it's it's been good for me because I I think I was starting to hit near burnout just from competitive, 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 and being able to to have these multiple formats available where I can jump back mm-hmm. and forth. Like I can do a GT and then I can do an APOC game, or I can do a GT and then I can do a team tournament or a friendly, and that kind of helps bring life back to me for the mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the game. So. Uh, I le- and it lets me kind of experience the game at all levels, so that that's been a lot of fun. I need to get into narrative play more next. Yeah, because that that's. I don't want to get into a whole new rule set for 30k. Just show up at 30k tournaments with your towel; it'll be fine. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah considering they weren't found, found until like M35, yeah, they got lost and they weren't and they weren't like fully evolved yet. <laughs> um, Although at uh, one of the local half price books in Kansas City, I f- okay so 
I go there every every once in a while, with, like with my my wife and kids, because like looking for cheap children's books and stuff like that. But I'll always hit the gaming section. Although at this point, like a lot of people sold off their seventh edition forty k stuff, yeah. and it's like I have all this. I don't need to buy any. Like I, I mean, I've had some good found, finds. I found a collector's edition uh, fourth edition rule book still nice. in like the slipcase and everything. Yeah. So I've, I've had some good finds. Like I've maxed, I've filled out like all the Sisters of Battle codexes, like even the second edition one. Wow. Uh, but uh, but so I went up there and I'm like I'm not expecting to find anything, but I'll look. And we had like forty percent off coupons for like one any one item. Two of the Horse Heresy Red books. One of them still in the shrink wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute the the like the the, like, the army books. Yes. Yeah. Are they worth money? They're fifty dollars. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they're okay. not not like super expensive, but they're fifty dollars oh, each new. Okay, right. Um, and so they had like the Crusade Imperialis, which is like the mm-hmm. Solar Auxiliary and Knights, and then they had the cool. uh, the Legion the Legion rules. Yeah, uh, the so they're like twenty five and thirty. The third wow shrink wrapped. So we went. My wife and I went through as two separate purchases using our forty percent <laughs> off coupons. So for like. I think it worked out to like twenty for twenty six bucks. I got both of them. That's yeah. impressive. So, uh, so I have Horse Heresy era books now. So, I, I just need to get like the uh, the Legion of Stardis or whichever one. Has, which like, actually the is generic. The one, which is the one that I have because we have the art that Iron Hands. Yeah, from last sight. Yeah, if you want, if you're interested, I, uh, yeah, just <laughs> no. Well, just to, yeah. to be able to have them, and I would just need to get the rule book, which is basically the seventh edition rule book with some yeah. tweaks. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, the cool but, thing, the cool thing though about them, with my experience in the 30k uh, community, is that even if you have like, uh, uh, they'd be basically willing to teach you how to play. Yeah, game. yeah. And so if you showed up at a tournament, you contacted David Coleman, say, "Hey, I've been playing Eighth Edition, but I'd love to play, you know, Horse Heresy." Yeah, they would totally number one welcome you, welcome you in, and show you the ropes. And I think you would have a blast. Oh, I'm sh- I'm sure I would. I mean, <clears throat> and it seems like the the narrative. Uh, the narrative environment just seems like really cool. And they had a uh, yeah. Horse Heresy like multi-format, multi-game, not just multi-40k game, Battlefleet Gothic, Adeptus wow. Titanicus, and Horse Heresy uh, narrative campaign going on here. One of the things they had was like they had a Warhound Titan painted, and then they had the Adepticus, Adeptus Titanicus Warhound. scale uh, Warhound to, in the exact same paint scheme, details and everything. Oh, wow. So... And then they actually had a, a full-blown Warlord Titan as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it was pretty cool. I'm still trying to talk my wife into getting me Good a, luck. a mini one. Oh, the little ones? The little ones are only like 140 bucks. Yeah, only. So there's the... There's the Wii, Wii Warhound. Okay. And when, I, when, I, when I say and only 140 bucks, that's me. That's versus the that leg of the Warhound, or the Warlord behind it, which there's the there's oh. him in his full glory. It doesn't it doesn't do justice. Yeah, you have to so, see one up close. Yeah, why didn't I see it? They only had it in there on Friday. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know I if they... When I, when I, yeah, when I went in today, they didn't... Or Friday, Saturday. They only had it in there on Saturday. Um, when I went in today, they didn't have it there. But it was amazing because they had this whole whiteboard set up, and you could tell they just had like columns of like scores and stuff exactly. because they were doing this whole thing. I'm like, looks super in in depth, but also super awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, it's it's a different style. Of, I mean, I've played with you know they do doing planetary can't planetary empires and stuff like that. What? Oh, I kicked the table. I oh, said, I'm sorry. Okay. 
but you know, I, I like I've got a planetary empire set that I need to paint up for doing like you know yep. map map based campaign play, and I'm hoping the new uh, chapter approved whenever it comes out sometime next December fifteenth is the rumor. Is that the rumor? Unofficially from Jason. <laughs> Well, and that sounds about right. They wouldn't want to ship it any later. They wouldn't. No, well, they wouldn't want to put it up for pre-order any later than like December fourteenth or fifteenth anyway, because you want it to ship before Christmas, right? So that you know, that's that's I think where everybody's pretty comfortable with guessing. Uh, but hopefully, he's not going to get in trouble by. No, actually, I got it from Troy from Reddit. Okay. <laughs> Reddit's accurate, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Nothing uh, inaccurate absolutely. has ever been on Reddit. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's on the internet. It has to be true. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, but anyway, uh, like I'm hoping the, the chapter proof book has some of the stuff that they had in uh, the newest General's Handbook for Age of Sigmar where they have like all these rules for dropping into narrative mission. Like take yeah. a book mission, add these uh, – one or two of these modifiers, make it into a narrative mission. Mm. And so they have that in, for Age of Sigmar. It's perfect for 40k. Uh, we we did a couple episodes with Pimpcron to do talk about making missions, making interesting missions. And one of his recommendations was, you know, some, some people they try to make a narrative mission, they try to go like really crazy on having all these weird situations and rules to come up. And he's like, the best thing to do is just make one or two small tweaks, and it can completely change how the game plays. Mm-hmm. So having having a menu of those for people to choose from. I think has the possibility of just making narrative events kind of blossom by making by lowering the bar of entry, yeah. at, for you know, for mission builders and, and making it easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, what they did with uh, Kill Team, where yeah. you can like add like roll a dice, you can have a certain characteristic for your squad, yeah, and a certain characteristic for your, actually your specialist too. And uh-huh. I thought that was that was genius because you just added character to them. I think my favorite like part, weathering them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it is midnight, so yep. I think that's. T- I think on that note, we will go ahead and wrap it up. But I th- we've covered pretty much everything that's happened over the weekend. Yeah, you know that whether yeah. we've been involved with it or watching it online, or you know getting to sit in the viewing room and see some of it. So yeah, definitely check out the Twitch page, and um, we'll have links to it in the show notes. Yeah. but yeah, um, Twitch TV dot, or twitch.tv slash Iron Halo TV. Correct. Okay, and then I will send you a link for our YouTube channel. Okay, because all of the videos will be migrated to YouTube, so that uh, everyone, so that's there forever. Because you, because yeah, Twitch only holds it for sixty days. So do you do you also have like the any like premium stuff on the channel that you can subscribe to, or okay, all of it? Because we. Like, uh, right now, since this is kind of, like, just for fun, all of it is just, you know, followers. Okay. We're not we're not an affiliate. Okay. We, might not, we might. So, the cool thing is there was 80 people watching the final game. That's awesome. 80 Well, and there were – there was – Not at one counting point, however many people were in at the At one point, there was, probably, there was probably half count. a dozen or, or ten people in the room watching it as well. So, yeah. um, well, so I was going to say is if you guys do become an affiliate – um, you can subscribe if you have if you if you have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you can subscribe to a Twitch channel and get like the extra stuff as part of your Amazon Prime. So, so if you aren't already subscribed to like Warhammer TV, yeah, yes, you should subscribe to the Iron Halo TV. Absolutely, yes, we'll put up awesome content soon. <laughs> That's if you become an, if you become an affiliate. If you become an affiliate, but yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I just do it because I love uh, I love streaming games. I love yeah. hanging out with the community. And just, yeah. you know, why, know we do, why we do what we do. Exactly. Okay. Well, that wraps us up for tonight. So thanks for listening to our Renegade Open 2018 coverage. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with back to normal, normal, uh, our normal format 
So, which might be orc review, might be possibly might, might be, be that chapter, might be might chapter, chapter approved. approved if that chapter yeah. approved, yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see what comes. But uh, from all of us here, at preferred enemies. I'm Rob, Kevin, and Richard, and Jason from the Iron Halo. <laughs> <laughs> good night, good gaming, and thanks for joining us again for another yearly Renegade Open Conference. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Care Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. They're professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a GameMat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve.